Big Dumb Movie is a comedic podcast that often contains obscene language and outlandish commentary. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Big Dumb Movie, where we discuss movies of the Big Dumb variety. I'm your host, Corey, and I'm joined today with Jonathan Running Wind of the Grantham Tribe. Howdy ho! Chief Ronnie Rabbitfoot. How? And Sanjeep Patel Pappy. <laughs> Greetings. Uh, today I'm wearing a traditional headdress and only the champion's belt that I won from defeating Steve in the great movie debate. It feels good to be back on Big Dumb Movie. It's good to have you back. It's good to have you all here. Jonathan, Ronnie, and Pappy. We are here to discuss the 1995 Frank Oz-directed movie, The Native American in the Cupboard. Hmm. Now, the only significance this movie has for me, guys, is the fact that I used to watch it on a VHS tape a long time ago, and it was a pretty nostalgic thing. I don't like this movie. I'm going to get that out of the way right now. It's not a good movie, but I'm still nostalgic for it. That doesn't mean I think it's good. I just have fond memories of watching it, right? I'm going to go ahead and plus one that. Yeah. Now, this VHS tape specifically was rather unique. It had a cover art you know paper that you can kind of pull out of the clamshell and flip around and make your vhs tape look like a cupboard do you guys remember that i do i had that yeah, yeah. i think everyone that yeah. had this had that this was most known for its vhs sales i think because it also came with the little indian toy yeah and the little key so i had this at my grandma's house it was like one of the four vhs tapes i had there but what i remember the most from this movie is actually the trailers mm-hmm I would pop the sucker in, and it, of course, had those same trailers every time before the movie. And those, I still go back and rewatch every now and then, just for nostalgic feelings. I don't watch this movie, because it sucks, but I watch some old trailers. All right, I'm going to talk about those ones, and then I want <laughs> you guys to tell me about some you remember. For me, the first one is the Babysitter's Club movie. Hi, I'm Christy, and these are my friends. We're pretty tight. We even have our own club. Babysitter's Club, everybody knows us. That's because everybody uses us. I brought a little something for your little cousin. Where is he? Hi, I'm Luca, the little cousin. And you're? Your sitter, I guess. Are you going to kiss her? But this summer, a lot is going on. Welcome to our camp! <laughs> and it seems like a lot is changing. I remember the movie, not the trailer. You don't remember the trailer? So it was before this movie, obviously, and it, it had the cranberries on, in the trailer. It had dreams, and it, it's just kind of like a you know, girl drama, like girls talking about boys, and then they get in an argument. It looks like a very run-of-the-mill 90s girl movie. I remember those books, too. They were like, I remember thinking they were like the girl Goosebumps. They were just like a book series. that They, they were like the girl version of like Boxcar Children or something. Like, I don't, or the Hardy Boys. I don't know. No, that's probably more accurate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's one that really just strikes me in the feels. Could never have known how the summer would turn out. But you know what? It's turning into a summer we'll never forget. From the pages of the best-selling books that have captivated a generation comes the movie about seven devoted friends, one amazing club. We've spent some of the best years of our lives in this place. And the extraordinary summer that changed them all. We're more than just a club. 
We're friends. Best friends. Nothing could ever change that. The Babysitter's Club. We're rich. We can almost buy a car. And in five years, we can drive it. But also, there was another one, a 90s adaptation of Annie. It was called Annie, A Royal Adventure. The most beloved musical of all time continues. Hello. It was a TV movie starring a woman called Ashley Johnson. Well, she wasn't a woman at the time. She still works now. She's like in... Uh... So she was a man then? Yeah, she was a man back then. Okay. Uh, she voiced Ellie in The Last of Us. It's a very popular game. Whatever. I remember that iteration of Annie specifically. So that was like my introduction to Annie. But uh, I think I've gone on long enough. Jonathan, what are some like VHS previews that you fondly remember or just remember in general okay first of all i hated the previews i hated i fast forwarded them every time i could possibly do so and as i was so grateful when dvds came out because i could skip the previews it was absolutely amazing so i don't have a lot of fond memories of them but for sure the one that always sticks out the most to me was the lion king preview because it seemed like it was on every single Disney movie from that point forward. They still advertised it for like years <laughs> later. Like, buy it on home VHS, buy it on home DVD, buy it on Laserdisc. Like, <laughs> it just never went away because it was such a phenomenal, you know, franchise. For I have them. a really quick question for, um, was, was this pre, like, pre the whole bullshit before it goes in the Disney vault, warning that they used to have on VHSs and DVDs, buy this before it goes back to the vault thing, or no? I bet this was at that time, Ronnie. Okay. This was very much of the... It's. I think the vault thing started back then, actually. Pappy is a yeah. Disney historian. He probably knows. Michael Eisner and his brilliance. Let's not sell our products <laughs> and make them more valuable. <laughs> cool dude. So anyways, yeah, that, that was... That's my extent of, of movie previews. I just, I despised them. Ronnie, what about you? Um, what is a VHS? And, um, sorry, uh, I'm not that young. Um, but um, I went down a rabbit hole this morning because you messaged me this question. I was like, I don't remember anything because of head trauma and alcoholism. But um, I was just thinking about like what popped into my head. And the only thing I can remember from my childhood with VHS was I remember the trailer for Batman Sub-Zero because I was obsessed with Batman the Animated mm. Series. And then I, I vaguely remember Free Willy. So this morning I went on, on my phone. I was looking through like what came out during 97 of like movie trailers. And then I saw WB and I said, oh, Batman and Robin was released that year. So I had to, <laughs> had to have been Batman and Robin I had on VHS and watching it. On repeat, because I remember, because on the actual, because that would be it. So then I went on online to see the actual VHS trailers and commercials, and Sub Zero was on there. A chill has fallen over Gotham. Freeze is back in town, and only one man can stop him. But he's going to need all the help he can get. It's going to get cold this summer. Very cold. 
Sub-Zero. Free Willy 3, I think, was on there, as well as Quest for Camelot, Lost in Space, Wild America, Michael, and then a bunch of random, like, Toshiba commercials, so I remember those vividly, and... That is cramming a lot of shit on a single VHS tape. <laughs> it was not. It's nine minutes. I the, the oh YouTube video God. is nine minutes of trailers and commercials. It's uh, it's abusive. There used to be a thing too where if the VHS came with special features, they were in front of the movie. So like the Shining VHS tape, I didn't have it, but some people I knew had. It had like the interviews and stuff with the actors in front of the movie. So you had to fast forward that. You had to rewind the tape. Then you had to fast forward the stuff you didn't want to watch. Then you'd get the t- to the movie. I wonder why that model of video went out of style. Yeah, it's hard to believe. Pappy, what do you got? It's just such a scam, right? You used to pay <laughs> $30 for a piece of media, then it comes pre-chalked with commercials. It's just fucking insane. But I had three. My number one trailer that i remember even if we weren't doing this movie today would have been the indian in the cupboard i felt like or the native american in the cupboard as i guess we're calling it uh it it must have been on like half of the children's vhs's that i have and it has the only exciting parts in the movie crammed into the three minute trailer so it seems like there's like a story or something exciting happening in the movie which there's there's not but i vividly remember like the We'll get to this later, but the opening of the cupboard and the Darth Vader and all that stuff in there. Uh, the second one I had was, we just did a podcast on this over on Spoilers, but Spy Kids. What'd you do? Your parents are international spies, but something's gone wrong. My parents can't be spies. They're not cool enough. That's cool. Now, the only two people who can save them are their kids. I think it's up to us. You with me. Okay. I don't know how many times I saw the show for Spy Kids, but there are like lines that are ingrained into my brain and I can't get enough alcoholism or head trauma to get rid of them. It's <laughs> there are like my parents aren't cool enough to be spies. I I can hear that in my <laughs> sleep. But the, the the last one uh was the Great Muppet Caper. We never actually owned the Great Muppet Caper, but we had like uh, Muppet Classic Theater and Muppet Treasure Island and Muppet Christmas Carol, obviously. So this that trailer was on all of them. And they, but the only thing I can distinctly remember is Charles Grodin. He's the bad guy in the movie. He's a thief, and the the woman who's being robbed. She says, "I feel like thieves are breathing down my neck." And Charles Grodin gets like two centimeters away from her neck and goes, "Thieves aren't breathing down your neck." And it's just fucking hilarious. R.I.P. Charles Grodin. The movie is terrible. <laughs> we just reviewed it like a year ago after he died because oh. my co my co host is obsessed with the Muppets. That movie is got like little spots of humor. It's so fucking long and boring though. It's just not, it's so it's like this like, checked up love story and Josh Grodin tries to rape Miss Miss Piggy. It's awful. <laughs> Josh Grodin, Charles Josh, Grodin. Yeah, Josh Grodin tries to uh, to Josh Grodin sing, sing her sing to her and then rape her. Damn, I can't believe Josh Brolin did that. No. God grown though. Gotta love it. <laughs> I wonder what the ratio is between like good and bad Muppet movies. I feel like there's just so many. I feel like there's thousands of Muppet movies. And then like four of them are held in high regard. I bet like it's 75% positive. People like the new Muppets with Jason Siegel and all that too. Those are really well received. 
but there's a lot of trash small Muppet stuff. And if you're counting Muppet babies, I mean, those are all <laughs> certified fresh. <laughs> Muppet babies is the goat for me of all the Muppet stuff. Muppet babies. I remember thinking how fucking badass it was that Muppet babies had star Wars, much like this movie Indian mm-hmm. in the cupboard. It's <laughs> one of my favorite scenes. I actually want to say one more before we go into the movie. There was a very widely distributed certain version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles VHS tape that had a Pizza Hut promotion at the beginning. And this is like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that most people had, right? The first movie. It was like the Pizza Hut version. I don't know if you got it like from Pizza Hut or what what the deal was, but it had a Pizza Hut commercial in front of the movie where a little league is playing baseball and it's like very like heartfelt and heartwarming and there's like very sappy music playing and it's a very coming of age like a little misfit kid playing baseball but he like catches the ball at the last minute whatever it is and then it ends with them at pizza hut it's like you know you know commercials sometimes you don't know what the fuck it is for a long time like that was one of them it's like where is this going okay they're going to pizza so basically it was an entire 90s movie <laughs> in like 30 seconds yeah. <laughs> that's a deep cut or a deep slice or a deep dish sorry <laughs> not bad I don't know that I watched that commercial again recently, and it, it also just brought me back. As a proud sponsor of Little League Baseball, Pizza Hut welcomes all the kids who make it great. Making it great. It's weird how some of these things that are just stored in the corner of my memory like give me that feeling, you know, and uh, and I love it. I thought this movie might do that to a degree, but it didn't. <laughs> Have you ever seen like the YouTube plays for like these kind of trailers and stuff? Like if you look up like the intro to VHS like trailers, they'll have like tens of thousands of plays. It's ridiculous. People love that stuff. Holy shit. I should just like convert some VHS tapes and like monetize a whole YouTube channel based on that. Just add it to Big Dumb Movie. Just bonus content. This is good. We're, we're spitballing ideas here, and big, I like this. Big dumb previews. <laughs> so The Indian in the Cupboard, directed by Frank Oz, a.k.a. Yoda. Pappy probably knows this, but did you know, Jonathan, he voiced Yoda, Frank Oz? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big known fact. Very nice. Jonathan, why don't you tell us about how The Indian in the Cupboard opens up, what kicks off this exciting movie? All right, well... Full disclosure, even though this movie is nostalgic for me, this movie is a piece of shit. So I'm going (laughs) to rip this movie up hard, okay? I hate those dumbass 90s haircuts that, like, this kid Omri has. Like, dude, (laughs) this kid looks like a fucking Simpsons character, okay? Like, I can't stand this kid. He's so ugly. Like, why did Mm -hmm. they... There there were so many good-looking, like, youth actors in the 90s like pick a Jonathan Taylor Thomas or something to do this movie like they fucking found this kid like in a back alley I don't know dude like like oh man dude not to jump too far ahead but the last shot where we just have to look at his face for like a minute straight it's like my god (laughs) this kid is deformed (laughs) why Either Frank Oz or the DP had an obsession with how ugly this kid was because it keeps zooming closer and closer it's so crazy (laughs) Like it had to be somebody's kid for sure. It like, wasn't like, actually. Got to be like like Frank Oz. No, this kid was actually cast out what? of out of something like a thousand kids. It's on his IMDb. He was picked 
They chose him. They, he had the right look. He delivered the ry- lines the way they wanted. They chose this kid. Dude, this kid sounds like he had a like a a, a, a sinus infection the whole fucking movie. Like, I have a magic cupboard that has a magic key. I put a plastic Indian in the cupboard and he came alive. He is a real Iroquois man. He talks, he eats, he trusts me. Now, oh I just want to say this like straight up because things have happened in the past. If you were in this movie and you're listening to this podcast, look, we apologize. I'm sure you're, you've evolved into a, a powerhouse actor and this was just the early days, but good Lord, you sucked. I'm sorry. Uh, Omri, I'm sure you're a sexy stud now. Man. Yeah. <laughs> he has exactly five acting credits on IMDb, so I don't know how much he evolved into a powerhouse. I don't know. Maybe he does everything on Broadway. Sure. On behalf of Waste Potential <laughs> Podcast, we have no positive feelings. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the burden. All right. So, anyways, so let so let's get this movie rolling. So we meet this kid named Omri. O M R I for oh. the record. When I was a kid, I thought his name was Aubrey. So okay, that's cool. I guess. Anyway, so it's his birthday. He gets home. He's getting his gifts. He gets a sick skateboard. It's probably like one of those cheap ones from Kmart, like a Nash the, skateboard oh or something. Oh my God, where the wheels like grind away. <laughs> yeah, they were like hard plastic wheels. Yeah. yeah. Those are pieces um, of shit. Plastic trucks. Right. And then he gets this cupboard that his brother found in the trash, hooks him <laughs> up with it, and then, and then goes to the skate park. I mean, it's kind of a cool little simple birthday, and his little homie Patrick is there. That kid's a piece of shit, too. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> I can't stand that kid. (laughs) Like, Corey, you made the joke at the beginning, but they're calling the movie The Indian in the Cupboard, and the one (laughs) friend he has happens to be from the sub-Indian continent of Asia. It's like, was that a joke? Like, did they do that on purpose? (laughs) I actually think it's intentional because the kid's white, and then the cowboy's white, and then you have the, the Native American or Indian, and you have the kid from that part of the region. I think it was intentional. Yeah. I mean, he is an Indian kid. His name's Rishi Bhat. B-H-A-T is the last name. He's an Indian kid. So, yeah. like, yeah, there, there's some kind of, like, weird meta humor there, I think, right? I think they needed <laughs> one person of color in the movie, for sure. It was, like, way too white. Well, they got three. I don't think it's meta humor. I think this, they're trying to say something like, oh, you need to get along because they have a little spat later, which we'll get into, I'm sure. I was just ready for that British medic guy to say something super racist like who's this packy kid over here or something well he was calling the other guy an engine so there's that right yeah <laughs> well well historically contextual the, the word was accurate for that time period i suppose <laughs> facts i want to say that he gets the skateboard yes he gets the cupboard yes he also gets a fucking sick action figure, and I'm a big toy fanatic, as you know, Jonathan. He gets a Skeleton Warriors figure, which were like, those were cool. Those were kind of like Spawn toys in the 90s. Like, they had that great detail, and they looked like really grotesque and cool. He got Aracula, which was a figure that I never actually got, but I always wanted. That is the one that was always sold out. So this was a real toy. This wasn't like m- no, movie no, prop toy. Not made up for the movie. Yeah, then I hate how later he just like leaves it at school. Like he said, 
It pisses me off so much. This is why we're doing the podcast, so you can get mad and rant about this one toy. (laughs) But didn't he leave it for the old... uh... For the old chief or whatever? Yes, he's a boy of honor, whatever. <laughs> What's that? What a pretty cupboard. Where'd you get that thing? I found it. Oh, and you washed it? Yes, mother. Nice. No problem, bro. Is there a key? There's no key. I have lots of keys. You save keys? Oh, I've collected them since I was a girl. The thing about like this birthday scene, too, this is like a huge problem with the movie is that the whole family is so idyllic, right? Like there's no drama in this kid's life. He's got like a perfect mom played by Lindsay Krauss. Richard Jenkins is his dad. Like it feels like he needs the kid should have had some reason to be like looking for this escapism, right? Like there's no drama in his life. It's so boring. Which leads me to the book. Now, Jonathan, you've read the book. I've read the book. We were both very young. Uh, I read it. I remember the year that I met you, which I was in fifth grade. I don't know what age that equates to, but... That's uh, that's 10 years old, same age that, as Omri in this movie. Okay. So I was this kid's age. So Jonathan, do you remember there being like more conflict in the book? Because I, I remember there being more conflict. I just don't remember what the conflict was. I, I could be wrong, but I remember a lot more beef with the brothers like and more involvement with them okay the brothers are in the right like fucking omri does animal abuse to the brother's pet like the <laughs> brothers are just vibing doing their thing is it's he's he comes across like the asshole the brothers are begging for a skylight so they could get stoned man like i don't know how that got past everybody like they wanted to have a window in their like attic bedroom so that they could be blowing smoke up there man are you working on the house today Bye, yeah. boys. have a nice day omri Please make a skylight, please. They probably made their um, little, like little hamster ball into like a bong. That's why they're so mad when you took it away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ronnie, why don't you pick it up? How does it go from here, from Omri's birthday? He comes back from the skate park and he gets a, a special key, doesn't he? Yeah, okay. In this movie of just coincidence where things just match <laughs> it's so frustrating that in like the first five minutes he gets the um the indian that goes in the cupboard he gets the cover and he gets this random key that his mom says i used to collect keys as a kid because i was weird and then she has a sad story about grandma dying that i thought would come back later and doesn't it's just a key there's no it wasn't mm-hmm. grandma it was like a, a magician or something weird like that she got it passed down by generations from her old like tribe, maybe no, not in this movie. Nothing. <laughs> it's just it is what it is. They all match and look. And oh, my favorite part is the stupid scene is like the kid grabs a key out of the pile, just throws it back into the pile, not thinking that you should separate the keys so you can slowly figure out which key fits. But who cares? <laughs> Convenience, right? Hence why he's a dumbass ten year old kid. <laughs> so that he's he gets puts a key in there and it works. And then for some reason, when he locks it to the right. <laughs> He puts his toy in there because his mom says, I don't want to see this Native American in my house, so lock it away in this cupboard. <laughs> he locks the key, and then and then somehow then it comes to life when he wakes up, I think. Hello? Demon! Demon? Giant! Me? Omri, we're late. That's right. We, we get to meet Little Bear for the first time. 
very early on in the movie. You know, it, it wants to get us to this point quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of the brief introduction of Little Bear Pappy? You're right. It's like at the 10-minute mark, basically. And I, I get that it's a 90-minute movie, but it happens so quickly. It's, you know, my, my first thought, having not seen this in a really, 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 really long time, it looks really bad. The CGI or the green screen technology doesn't hold up. I, I I was, you know, like with the first shot in the cupboard, right? It's like, why would you not just build a set and shoot that practically, right? It's just two walls, just build it up. But I think it's because they don't want it to be this jarring disconnect when Omri has to interact with them. Um, but in terms of the story, I guess there's also a quick language switch which happens Um, he starts speeding iroquois then he just happens to know english little bear is from what did he say 1776 is that the year or yeah he will rise again yeah so i mean i don't know like you said it's very fast i don't think it looks great and i'm wondering if that would that have been the appeal at the time like do you guys remember did this look good was it known for its effects at the time I felt like that scene still kind of holds up, but the Uh, only problem I had in that scene was this is probably super petty, but when the cabinet starts like moving around and when Omri's waking up and then all of a sudden the key flies out of the lock onto the floor, like that was so unplausible. Like the uh, uh, little bear was on the bottom shelf. That key was like up towards the middle (laughs) of the cabinet. Like logistically, he just couldn't even get there, man. That shit just made me so mad. (laughs) He's got hops. He shot an arrow. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't have any weapons, dude. He just had a little prison shank around his neck. Like that was it. He just had the shiv. (laughs) I agree that the, uh, the effects I think hold up just fine. I think they, I agree. I I think they, uh, they they don't use it too much. They use it kind of sparingly. There are points when it looks bad. I think the opening part, actually, I was surprised still looked pretty good. At least in my, my opinion. I I, I don't like, I don't hate it. I've seen much worse green screen. Yeah. Uh, he's backlit really well, so like you don't see the border around the green screen like I would expect for a movie of this age. It's not as good as we have now, though, so I guess I can kind of see where you're coming from, Pappy. I I don't know. It, maybe it looked good for the time. It just has this like uncanny valley thing whenever we have to see him, but it does make when we actually get to see him next to Omri like at the end of the film kind of cool. But I guess we should explain the logic of the cupboard. Or lack of. Please do. So it's... <laughs> I mean, it's not It's not really, like, he doesn't do a lot of experiments with it. Like, it's not Ring, where we get to see all these different scenarios of how it would work. But it seems to just take anything made of plastic. 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 <laughs> and turn it into, like, real organic material, right? So it would either animate a figurine, or in the case of the tent, it turns it into, like, a real deerskin tent. So it just makes things come become real, right? Is that what we're supposed to believe? Yeah. And I don't think the movie really explains that it's the key that's magic, right? I'm confused because I thought they opened like a dimensional like portal to bring them back from their time period because they have like memories and things going on. See, I thought that was like a whole Buzz Lightyear thing where it's like they're a toy. They have a backstory, but it's just kind of like programmed into them. Ooh, the great debate. Right, so like the movie doesn't tell us, so you're left with a lot of speculation. My initial thought, and maybe this is just because of the movies I've seen recently, is that it's like a multiverse thing. 
Like they're in a parallel universe and they're pulled out of it into ours. Obviously, I saw Spider-Man No Way Home recently, so that's kind of where I'm coming from. <laughs> well, they kind of like talk about that, like that fact that they were they feel like they're dreaming or something. You know, the the medic did Tommy and Little Bear. They both talked about the fact that they felt like they were now in a dream. So they mm-hmm. must have come from some parallel universe or time traveled or time travel. So every toy has an okay, analogous so Darth Vader <laughs> soul somewhere, right? So there's like a real Darth Vader out there in a parallel universe. That's where I got like the the moral conundrum of this child like ending the lives of these like toys. I was like, "Hold on here. <laughs> He's definitely playing god." So Pappy, next time you're dreaming, then maybe somebody turned the key onto a cabinet. Listen, or if, a cupboard. If I dream and I wake up and I see that ugly motherfucker's face, I'm just anheroing myself right away and jumping off the ledge. Like, no way. I'm not. I'm done. Like the old guy? Yeah, no way. I, I don't want to live in a world where that thing's a god. Just going to free dive right off the desk, huh? Gross. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> so, Jonathan, yeah. Omri comes back the next day after school to find that little bear is Plastech again and uh, he doesn't fully put it together but I think it's later that night when he brings him back to life and this is where they have a little bit more of a bonding experience why don't you kind of lay out how it goes from here yeah I, I have on my notes here that Omri's having a depressive breakdown because the Indian is no longer alive. He throws a bitch fit. He doesn't have a depressive breakdown. He throws a bitch fit. He's yeah. so upset. Right. Like, sorry, sorry, 10-year-old kid. Your fucking imagination is broken. <laughs> My bad. You know, and and they have this dinner scene where he is just so like, oh, I think I'm getting sick. I, I need to go to bed. And mom's like, well, then go to bed, dude. Like, get out of here. And then... Well, she's a little nicer than that. I, I, real quick, <laughs> the mom... I like to subject my own parenting into these yeah, movies I know you sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah. you're going to be a little shit about it. You're not going to eat your fucking dinner. Go to bed, dude. <laughs> the mom's performance is almost like she's like on a, a theater stage. Like, yeah. it's so weird. Like, the, her line delivery, it just seems like she's rehearsed these lines so many times that she can say them flawlessly but it, it sounds unnatural like as if she said them too many times it works let me see oh my grandmother gave me that one she was dying and she had nothing to leave me so i picked up that key and i said i wanted it more than anything in the whole world what do i put in the cupboard here put this in just the thing I picked up. Anyway, go on. No, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think it was overacted instead of her just being a mother and taking on that role. I think she actually, you can tell that she was acting. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, That's it. And, and I mm-hmm. picked up on all that for sure. And so anyways, at, at some point with Omri going up to bed, I guess he decides to try the cabinet or the cupboard again. And Little Bear comes back. And then they have this like this bonding moment where he ends up finding him a place to sleep. He puts a plastic TP in there and he's like, what the fuck is a TP, dude? Uh, he's like, Iroquois don't sleep in this shit. <laughs> you racist kid. <laughs> Seriously, don't you know your natives, man? 
I'm gonna hurt you. This is magic? I guess. I think you are a dream. Are you a real Indian? I am Onundagega. Wolf Clan. Iroquois. Iroquois? I've heard of them. Were you always this small? I'm not small. You are big. But I'm not big. You are so small. Can you be the peacemaker? I'm a boy. My name is Omri. Great spirit can be a child. Who are you? Ogwai. Little bear. Little bear. <laughs> and and then they have like just this weird thing where where Little Bear is is convinced that Omri is some sort of a um, a greater spirit or a god or whatever it is that you want to entitle that. And he's like, "All right, well, you go to sleep now." And he's like, "Wait, you sleep?" And he's like, "Yeah, I mean." still just a fucking kid right yeah they play um, with like the novelty of this a lot right yeah then that's all this real movie really has is like the novelty of like if you brought this person into the real world and they're a little person that they were a toy and a little boy is taking care of them like they're gonna be confused about each other and yeah, that, that's absolutely. kind of like a lot of what happens throughout the whole movie not just in the beginning right because you would think that would be the beginning and then it would get to the plot but it doesn't really ever get to the. It's just that, and then it ends. Anyway, that that's really the whole substance of the of this story is that mm -hmm. this this young kid doesn't know the ways of an Iroquois, and the Iroquois doesn't know the ways of modern ten year old kid. There's conflict. Nineties radical future, bruh. Right. You don't deserve that hair. <laughs> 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 there, there's just you know perspective that's all this movie really has it's like okay are you gonna view this movie from the perspective of Omri or are you gonna view this from the perspective of the Iroquois and what role do you relate with I was thinking about that Jonathan how much better of a movie would this be if it was from the perspective of Little Bear right like he's just on some hiking trip with his nephew and then like the next thing we see is he's waking up in a cabinet right like I feel like that would have been a way 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 more interesting movie than what what we get a completely I, like dark room like yeah a, like, small confined like prison yeah i agree with you times a million like he's you know that that taking his nephews to the forest getting ready to drop them off he drops them off cool he's like all right i'm gonna pull over and have a little snack here fucking goes to town on some mushrooms he found on the side <laughs> of the road and then yeah. boom i'm in a black cupboard here holy shit spirit quest that story makes so much more sense and, and is so much more plausible than this. <laughs> that it's a peyote trip? <laughs> yeah. Total, total like mushroom vision quest. Smoked with, topped with peyote. <laughs> I'm getting reminders now you mentioned it of like a, a kid in King Arthur's court where like the kid falls into yes. the well. Like that's like the, like the whole opposite perspective of this movie where like it's the fish out mm -hmm. of water kind of humor. But like you said, we're on. Um, this kid's perspective so it's just him like you know becoming woke I guess and kind of learning about the like you know textbook information of history but nothing really you know in depthful because they don't really talk about 
you know, the whole like genocide or like the slaughtering of them. Like they show it, but they don't really get into that. They just at one point he says, they're people too. I'm like, what a radical thought. <laughs> they're people too. Yeah. <laughs> That's as progressive as we're going to get here. Mm-hmm. I know we're like super loose with like the story at this point, Corey, but it's like Amri has no arc. You know what I mean? Like, like what you just said, he, what does he actually learn? You know, what is he, how does he change? How does he grow? He's a little bitch at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> he's still kind of a little bitch at the end of the movie. And like the only one who has an arc is little bear. Cause he's trying to get over his dead wife and kid. Like that would have been, you know, he sees this other world and like learns something and like fosters this connection with the kid. That's a story at least like there's no story here. It's just things happen. No, there, there is that one moment that Omri is looking for bandages or something and he's standing in the mirror in the bathroom husks. Yeah. and he just has, yeah, husks. <laughs> and, and he just has this like moment of clarity and this like real w- awakening moment. And all I could think about was like, this fucking kid looks like he belongs on the Simpsons. Dude. <laughs> like, the one point that was supposed to be the most poignant, like part in this movie. And all I can do is talk shit about it. Like I felt so bad. A better movie. We would know what is going on in his head in that scene where he's like introspectively looking at himself in the mirror and maybe I'm just a fucking dumbass, but I had no idea what that kid was thinking at the time. Is he hungry? You got to take a shit. <laughs> I, I think that's the moment that he realizes that he's got this quote unquote magic key slash cupboard and is actually fucking with something that's bigger than just him. Yeah, I just feel like it would have been better placed at uh, a moment like one of the deaths. Uh, you know what? We'll get there, actually. Because something that happened. No, it was. It was. It was when they were trying to find the the medical kit for uh, to save Boone later right. on in the end. But he's already killed a man at that point. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. <laughs> he's already well trial and error. He's already dude, come on. Don't you, don't you know about R and D, man? Savage, Testing savage. and validation. And besides, the white guy is saved. It's okay. It's okay. He's learned it. We're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah. It's just an old engine that died. <laughs> So, Ronnie, one of my favorite parts of the movie, actually my single favorite moment of this movie, maybe the only moment that has um, any significance to me, is when Omri gets the bright idea to bring a bunch of toys to life at the same time, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which I would have probably done actually too when I was a dumbass little kid, so I can't knock him for it, but what do you think of that scene? Okay, so I don't have any nostalgia for this movie. I literally owned it. I don't know why. I had a copy of this, and I had the whole, like, um shell and like the little like figurine but i don't remember watching it ever i maybe i at the board and turned it off but when i was watching it i was like this is why Corey likes this movie it was this is one scene with the uh, t-rex and darth vader I was, like, I was like this is why Corey wants to watch this <laughs> you know what i noticed in that scene that i never did before was the robocop mm-hmm. yes in the yep. bottom right corner and because your your attention automatically is on the Darth Vader and the T Rex fighting each other, which T Rex wins no. nine times out of ten. Hands dude. down, Darth Vader would put him in a vice grip and destroy him. <laughs> Man, anyway, fuck, go on. fuck that Darth Vader toy. But RoboCop was sick, dude. <laughs> I think Vader would have cleared that room. In fact, it would have been like the hallway Wait. scene in Rogue One if you would have let it play out. Vader can beat RoboCop. You think? Oh yeah. Hmm. I don't know if, about that. I'm with you with the T-Rex, but... RoboCop 
almost got beat by fucking Red Foreman. That's exactly okay, what so I was wow. going to say, too. Robocop's wow. <laughs> <laughs> dumbass. All right, so in that scene, we've got Darth Vader. Now, Kathleen Kennedy was a producer on this movie, so right. this kind of makes this the first Kathleen Kennedy Star Wars movie in a kind of weird way. Yes. But that aside... The best one in a weird way, too. <laughs> yeah, get out of here. No. All right, so Frank Oz <laughs> got permission from George Lucas to use Darth Vader in that scene. Now, this is also a Paramount movie, and Paramount is connected with the studios that do Star Trek. So there's two Star Trek figures in there. There's a Ferengi from The Next Generation, and... There's a well, there's Goldicott, I'm pretty sure, who's in Deep Space Nine. But we also got Robocott and a G.I. Joe. Anyway, I just think it's cool. It's only there for a few seconds, but just to see like the little chaos of like all these characters trying to kill each other, that's good times, man. This is mm-hmm. definitely one of the best scenes of the movie. It's like the mm-hmm. only one of two scenes that have like li- any literal action or any kind of like excitement going on. The other one being, we'll get to it later, is like sad, but this one's like, oh, look how fun this is. It's like a, a young kid's wet dream of like all his kids, kids' toys coming alive and like battling it out. And it ends in 10 seconds and the movie gets boring. And I swear to God, the trailer for this was presented in such a way where you thought this kid like turned all of his toys to life. Like he made it, the trailer made it look like, like this is what the movie's going to be like. And it's, it's only 10 seconds. More small right. soldiers instead of this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we did get that movie a few years later. Did you pick up on Omri having like this little like panic attack, anxiety attack when he realized what he was doing with the cupboard? With uh, Darth Vader and all them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That freaked him the fuck out because they all yeah. like turned to him yeah. and like as if he's going to get attacked next. <laughs> right. Like imagine he like closes the cupboard and like there's a decapitated T-Rex right there. <laughs> like, he would be like he would just be wrecked, dude. Or like his parents open the door the next morning and he just like bite marks out of him and slices in him. Right? He's missing a finger. <laughs> Explain that. Omri does a few irresponsible things in the movie, but one of the irresponsible things he does is he takes Little Bear outside. Now I was trying to think, like I was putting myself in his perspective. Imagine you're a Little Bear, you're his size, you go outside... And just like a spider walks by or something, wouldn't that fucking like scare <laughs> mm-hmm. He's an Iroquois warrior, man. He almost gets eaten by a, ma- a rat. Yeah, which I mean, he almost did. Right, <laughs> the bird. Yeah, uh, it would scare the shit out of me. I'm no Iroquois warrior though. You're barely a stormtrooper, dude. <laughs> <laughs> On a good day. Yeah. Insert Wilhelm scream here. He does get attacked by a pigeon though. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah. That's a rat with wings. So. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, I was getting um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids flashbacks, too. And I was thinking, like, that's a better movie of, like, you know, being outside in the wilderness and, like, you know, at the survive against large animals. Right. See, that dives into that aspect of it. This movie doesn't really have time for that. It's got to, like, it's got to spend 90% of its runtime on close-ups of Omri's face and uh. teeth. That's what we're saying. That that's the interesting part is Little Bear's perspective, and we—it's like literally ninety-five percent Omri's perspective. And there's a couple shots where we see like him walking through the grass or whatever, but not enough. And that's what we want right. to see. Yeah, Little Bear like going through like like the trauma, whether it's a parallel universe or actually gaining consciousness, is way more interesting than sad metrosexual-looking kid 
you know, <laughs> sad because his toys are no longer alive for a second. It's so weird. <laughs> he does kind of look like a 2020s non-binary <laughs> person. It's also a 90s thing too, because all the haircuts and like the dressing, like, like everyone's pants and shirts are so long. You, right. you can't tell. It's, it's gender neutral. You don't really know. So one of the scenes that even made me cringe as a kid is when Omri goes to get breakfast for Little Bear. Do you remember that scene, Jonathan? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When she's like, what would you like for breakfast? And he's like, granola and berries and cranberry juice. And mom's like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? Granola, please. Have I died and gone to heaven? With berries and cranberry juice, please. His face, though. The, the... Yeah, like he. I don't understand why he was like trying to hide his face so bad. Like, was it because he was just lying about it? Because his mom knows he wasn't gonna eat that shit. It's weird. She goes, "Have I died and gone to heaven?" Like, what does that mean? Like, he wants to eat granola instead of Captain Crunch. Like, I don't know, man. Uh, like, let the kid eat what he wants, man. Maybe he had a moment of clarity. He's ten years old now. In the '90s, people thought cottage cheese was a good diet, like to have. Right. Like, like, oh, right, cottage cheese is going to be healthy. So maybe a good granola and, and like berries were like the staple of '90s <laughs> morning for health for health nuts. Yes, the dairy industry reigned supreme <laughs> in the '90s, dude. dude. That was a perfect spot for like a grape nuts plug. You know, like you remember that cereal from the uh, '90s? That shit tastes like sand. That, dude, that, <laughs> that cereal so is disgusting. Yeah, but like that was like a perfect moment, you know? It would have been, yes. And so let's see, Omri goes to school. Um, the movie goes to him at school a few times, and he has, like, a writing assignment where he's telling the story of what's going on with him and Little Bear. More interesting than that, though, I think, is Emily's story. <laughs> Did you guys pick up on Emily? She's talking about all her Marvel cards that she's collecting, oh. and that she just got, like, the Wolverine hologram card. And I'm like, oh, dude, this is back when the 95s <laughs> just came out, like, the Ultra. I yeah. collected those cards, so, like... That's the only other point of this movie that Corey likes. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I had that fucking card. Shall we read who wants to go first? Please, can I oh. Emily? Today I got Punisher, the masterpiece of my collection. Also, I got the first hologram card. I'm looking for the original card of Wolverine. Very good, Emily. I was interested in uh, where the kid's name is Greg. His story of telling the oh JFK lineage. The JFK kid. I hate that he, kid. That he doesn't even know what JFK means, man. Like I guarantee you, he doesn't even know the real name. The entire time I was sitting on the edge of my seat, going, "Come on, assassination! Come on, assassination! Bring it up! Bring it up!" And the movie paid off in one way. One way. JFK. There was once a man named JFK who always wanted to be good and do what was right. JFK was elected president of the United States in 1960. Okay. Dude, I don't know. That kid's face. I guess that he was like a realistic kid. Because like you could tell he was like the ultra nerd of the class. Like he's super into JFK for whatever reason. His parents are probably extremely political. <laughs> that, that kid was like an, an, like a, a riddle and experiment. Right, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> like his eyes were all sunken into his head. Like, he, dude, he was in bad shape. There were little yeah. kids in the White House. <laughs> JFK. JFK was about the youngest man ever president. There were little kids in the White House. 
there there was nobody home in his lighthouse. Could could have been so much better if he started going off some JFK conspiracies. Lennon B. Johnson shot. Yep. <laughs> J. Edgar Hoover did this. What the? That that's the kid that like you call back and apologize later on in life too. <laughs> yeah. Like in Billy Madison. <laughs> Cross uh, Omri off the list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. The do not kill list. Yeah. There were little kids in the White House. Fuck you, you little dipshit. I will I will say we've been pretty harsh on this movie. There were two actors who I thought stood out with fantastic like maybe okay, maybe fantastic's a strong word. Solid performances. <laughs> One was the teacher. For some reason, I really like this teacher. I don't know why, but he seems like a very 90s elementary school teacher as someone who went to oh, elementary yeah. school in the 90s. Yeah, I thought he was really like a really Can good Can I guess your number two? Yes. Is it the medic? No, it was actually Boone. I thought Boone was pretty good. I liked him. Okay. Yeah. Boone was my favorite when I was a kid. Like I used to, uh, I used to say the things he said in this movie. I used to say, okay, Mr. Half-A-Brain. Because Boone says that That's to funny. whatever Omri or they're gonna say their favorite word was savage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? This movie got me thinking about Pocahontas and uh, mm. Disney's version, right? And like yep. the soundtrack for that. Do you remember that? Savages, yeah, like... savages, barely even human. Savages, savages. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so <laughs> with with all the like shit that Disney's going through with other movies that they're editing and pulling off the market because they don't hold up and other like uh like Peacock is doing with WWE stuff like that is 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 that something that's gonna hold up in the future like is this movie also gonna hold up I think so because we still call like um, Native American like casinos Indian casinos because of like a a, a law because they have to be called that legally. So technically, it's still a standard word, even if it's not politically correct. In my personal experience, I found that most Native people refer to themselves as Indian too. Which I mean, take it or leave it. But I guess in terms of the whole Pocahontas thing, at least Disney's like handled it the right way where they leave the movie relatively intact and they put up like that little, Hey, this is kind of racist, what you're about to watch warning. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that'd be terrible if they try to take out all of the native people from like Peter Pan or something like they can't do that. So <laughs> cut out no, yeah. entire third of Peter Pan and be like, Oh, yeah. we came from here to here. Yeah. I mean, if you t- you're talking about censoring movies, like things like uh, I saw blazing saddles the other day, which we all know is a, masterpiece you know, horrendous well yeah oh. but it's, it, it's, i couldn't imagine the person who has to undertake the editing job for that movie but blazing saddles is re-edited on for um, for, uh, for tv yeah oh, like for TV. they don't even they don't even show the farting scene in what? tv like isn't that unreal to the extent that that things are getting edited are you watching it on like nickelodeon it considering everything they can show in south park yes mm-hmm. <laughs> you know right no, even on Comedy Central. Wow. Like, or something like that. They're editing the fart scene. That's wild. It's so weird. I wish this movie was Blazing Saddles and not Indian in the cupboard. I hate this movie so much. <laughs> Nothing happens in this movie. Pappy, I'm going to get a Patreon and request it for spoilers. <laughs> I get to do it again. That would be great. I would love that. That's I have three movie posters in my house, and one of them is Blazing Saddles. So, rarefied air.
Good luck to towing around that <laughs> and saying anything about it. <laughs> Isn't another one Bone Tomahawk? One is Bone Tomahawk and one is The Thin Man, which I bought at like a yard sale for like $4. I've never even seen that movie. Dude, you got to make them all Native American movies. You got to put up Indian in the cover and get rid of Thin Man. <laughs> put up Last of the Mohicans and yeah, I could get down with yeah. that. <laughs> So speaking of Native Americans, Little Bear is played by a guy called Lightfoot, who I have talked mad shit about on this podcast before. <laughs> what? But not with you guys, so I guess I can recap. I don't want to beat a dead horse necessarily, so I'll be pretty brief about this. <laughs> but Lightfoot is a Native American rapper and actor, but he's only acted in bullshit like this and Mortal Kombat Annihilation which is another podcast I did where I talked about how much I don't like him. <laughs> the reason I don't like Lightfoot is because he came to my school when I was in high school and did like a, I don't know if you want to call it like an assembly pep rally. He was on stage. He was talking to the high school student body because my high school was also on a Native American reservation or it was close to it. So a lot of Native Americans went to my high school. Um, basically... He talked about how great he is, how <laughs> successful he is, and how amazing he is. Now, this is not Brad Pitt coming to the school, or this is not like Eminem or some famous movie actor or rapper. It's Lightfoot, the guy from Indian in the Cupboard and Mortal Kombat Annihilation, who makes obscure music that obscure people listen to. Listen, I think you're selling Lightfoot short, because for... $45 on Cameo, you can get Gary Lightfoot Davis to say anything you want him to say. So I think that might be how we have to kick off this podcast with Little Bear himself saying something. I will contribute, I will contribute money, I swear. It's worth uh, every I'll, I'll Venmo you right insane. after this, Corey, if we can do that. I can't in good conscience do that because I've just... I've had a grudge against him since I was in high school. But it would be the ultimate troll. He intros the podcast and you just talk mad shit about him. He has no idea. Send me the money. I'll do it now. Do it right now. Listen to these guys rip me a new asshole for the next hour yeah. and a half. And honestly, this is the best he's been in this movie. And from what I've seen. And I thought this was a really shit acting job, too. It's really bad. He he really bragged about too how he's never had acting lessons, so like that was <laughs> one of his talking points. Yeah, yeah like, we know, dude. Like, yeah. you didn't need to tell us. Good flex. Yeah, you've been in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I wouldn't go around bragging that you're a famous actor that's never had acting lessons. <laughs> Why he scrapes spines because his character is sympathetic, but it's nothing with him and his performance. He like stumbles through his lines, and it's like embarrassing. The mother's house, the clan home. It is made of wood, very strong. I can find tools. How about a horse? I can make you a horse. A horse? To ride. Iroquois walk. The thing is, too, and this is the other part that bothered me, he was really pushing religion. Hmm. And this was a public school. And I am not religious, but I am very much of the mindset that, like, no one should come to this school and talk about how much God has uh, made them a success. I mean, a moderate success at best. But like, I, I just didn't want to hear any of that. Was he talking about the Christian God or Amri, his uh, <laughs> native God? <laughs> Good point. He was talking about the earth grasper. Right. <laughs> I, I don't think he mentioned the Christian God specifically, but he alluded to it enough to where I got that's the point. And that also just makes me think like, dude, like, you're so native pride, right? And yet you believe in the white man's God. 
how how much native pride can you possibly be if like you get him to say that forty five dollars to say hi I'm Gary Lightfoot Davis and I believe in the white man's god welcome to big dumb movie that's worth it worth I'm, every penny I'm ordering it now <laughs> <laughs> all right Ronnie let's get back on track why don't you tell us about how Omri kills a man oh god okay um. So Omri Krom decides to bring <laughs> another native alive because he hasn't fucked things up enough as is and didn't learn from his RoboCop Vader Star Trek encounter. And he also doesn't, I think, he, I think the reason is he doesn't want um, Littlefoot to be uh, alone, right? No, he wanted to steal the bow and arrow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he uh, opens up the cupboard, puts another uh, little figurine in there and then he takes the bow and arrow from him and then in obvious fashion when this um older native guy sees the great god Amri face to face ugly face to face I should say he has a heart attack and dies because it's obviously terrifying that he has sees a huge face in front of him so he dies and then there's um a kind of an embarrassing kind of like sad moment where um he, he kind of feels bad and then um, little bear, or brother bear, makes him feel bad for killing him. And then they argue about sending him back to his people so that he can kind of, you know, like they can mourn him. But instead of doing that, they just bury him in the backyard so that rats can eat his corpse. And that's, that's the scene, I think. Do people die here? People die, we just don't see them. How do you not see them? Can I just send him back? You are afraid of him? A dead man? You are a child. Yes, send him back. What if he was alone? Then he is alone. Where were you? guiding my nephew through the woods to live alone for a season. Learn to be a man. You should not do magic. You do not understand. Send him back. He would want to be back. But in my notes, Little Bear realizes Omri's a little bitch and tells him he shouldn't be doing magic since he's such a fucking pussy. That's a much better synopsis than what I did. Yeah, that's, uh, those are both perfect, really. Oh, shit. So what's the in-universe logic that you guys think? So in the old Native Guys parallel universe, he just disappears and dies? Is that what we're supposed to believe? That that's when people die in their sleep. He just drops dead. Yeah. He just hmm. never woke up. The in movie logic that I was buying, which I also like your guys' alternative logic, was that like they they ask him at the end what's gonna happen when you wake up. And he says, I'm gonna be in the forest and finishing up my my quest to be a man and then the cowboy says something, I don't remember where he's gonna go. But they believe they're in a, a parallel universe or time travel or something. That's what I was going with the logic. But the idea that these toys are actually just, you know, Buzz Lightyearing and kind of getting, you know, just information processed via the Matrix, I think it's real life. I might also like that alternative 
you know, logic too. So it's mm-hmm. so it's like if he would have taken the bow and put him back in the cupboard, the old native guy would have woken up just without a bow and been like, "What the fuck just happened?" Someone robbed me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, it's pretty fucked up. I mean, he kills this dude right. and like doesn't know what to do. He is a little kid. Whatever. Well, I, I think it's even more morally like you know reprehensible if he gives life to these action figures and immediately takes it away because he does it again to like the um, the knight and the armor. He comes in, takes away his like, little like weapon that he, when um, little bear asks for a, a, a hatchet, he just he says, "Your existence is ten seconds, and all you knew was fear." and loss and then go back to being a toy (laughs) that's good shit (laughs) I don't know this movie's fucking weird (laughs) Jonathan did you think it was funny when Omri gets robbed (laughs) a little taste of your own medicine bitch (laughs) I never robbed kids man no not you Omri oh what the, you fucking asshole. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I don't know. It was just kind of a. It feels like a weird, unnecessary scene. Like he has to go to the hardware store for his dad, but like maybe that scene kind of ties into the fact that Omri thinks he's older now. He's ten. He's doing fucking dark magic, <laughs> and so you know, as, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> he's like, I've been to the hardware store before. I I just never told you. Um, you know, so maybe he's trying to prove himself. Like he's he's growing up. You know, he's the baby of the family, and of course he gets punked. Yeah, <laughs> you know, some and guy so, makes him run his shit like real quick. <laughs> dude, yeah, I mean, uh, dude, it was like you know he, he punks him for like fifty cents or something. <laughs> like that's pretty sad. But and then he yells at the guy like, "You don't deserve that hair," right? <laughs> Which okay. I didn't realize until recently that he meant because it's like mohawk mm-hmm, and it's yeah. like native. Uh, and as a kid, I thought he just meant like you don't deserve to have a cool haircut because you're a douchebag. <laughs> I, that's exactly what I took it. That's for what today. I thought it was today too when I watched it. A big problem I had though with that whole setup too, it's like the parents have nothing to do in this movie, right? Like, Amri is acting weird as fuck. You know what I mean? Like he's going from like changing his diet to having a mental breakdown at the dinner table, just crying like a little bitch, to just like barricading himself in his room and the parents never like do anything you know what i mean there's no reason for them to even be in the story omri steals his dad's toys and the dad's just like eh whatever go tools. buy me some more oh yeah toy tools whatever grown-up toys tools does that happen i was gonna ask does that happen on screen or just w- when he tells him he takes like five nails and some string but does he say have you seen my saw blades and he goes i buried them like wait, why would you lie like that like what saw blades? Yeah, there was no saw blades on screen. Okay. I don't, it, it was probably like a really small like jigsaw blade or something that he gave it to, you know, in theory gave it to, to <laughs> Little Bear. But to to speak to the perspective of a parent of a ten year old boy, okay, I feel like at ten years old, my son has just basically reversed. He's gone like half retard dude like no joke dude like everything is a problem everything's clueless like all of a sudden he just doesn't understand things like dude tie your shoes what how what do you mean you know how you know how to tie your fucking shoes like 
I think that there's something about that age that is is in line with the way that this kid is acting. So him being the baby of the family, and they've already gone through this with two other teenagers, I, I think they're not so concerned and they just kind of sit back and watch. And uh, that that's kind of like sometimes as a parent's role, you just have to sit back and kind of observe a little bit instead of be on their case for all this dumbass stuff. Interesting. But it's like a movie though, right? So like there should be some kind of like, I don't know, like he like gets distant from them and like learns to like, like wants to be closer to them again or something. You know what I mean? Some kind of like arc or change in the relationship, but it's just totally static the whole time. Character motivation. It's, it's just, it's regular suburban white family, dude. Like, but it's so boring to watch. It's so boring. <laughs> Welcome to white America. But I don't want to watch Fuck. a movie about that. <laughs> so this is all Corey's fault. Especially one with Indian in the title. I don't want to watch a movie about white people. Then. What's going on? Literally the highest point of contact between the parents was when the mom was like, how are you feeling today? And he's like, I'm pretty damn good. She's like, all right, I'm just going to leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. That was good. I guess, you know, yeah. I thought they were assuming he was jerking off because like he's hiding away. He's always in his room. <laughs> he just had a birthday and she says, how are you feeling? Oh, mom, you have no idea. I feel really fucking good right now. <laughs> I feel an extreme sense of relief. Yeah. <laughs> mom, All my anxieties are gone. <laughs> By the way, Omri, uh, all the bandages are gone from the bathroom. Um, do you need your own Kleenex box in here? Would that help, buddy? <laughs> wow. I need husks. <laughs> husks, husks, where are the husks? He's shucking corn all day up there in his room. <laughs> oh, man. I, I think 10 years old is a little early for that. <laughs> I figured, but right. I was going for the joke, so... Fuck biology. <laughs> Pappy, you talked about how Omri is abusive to animals. Right. This is my favorite part of the movie, by the way. P proceed. I, I would love to hear your explanation. <laughs> Maybe Pappy can set up the scene. So, I, I don't remember. He's fighting with his brothers. Is this over the location of the cupboard? Is that when this is happening? They go into his room. Oh, they, they okay. see the longhouse. And then the rat's in there. Right, right, right. So the rat's in there. I guess that's a, another character in this movie is a rat who's running around in a hamster ball throughout the house, just shitting everywhere, <laughs> making a huge mess. Presumably. Like in all kids' movies, even though he has this fantastic relationship with his parents, Omri doesn't want to tell anybody about this magic except for his like dickhead best friend at some point. <laughs> and so he gets mad at his brother's and he kicks the poor rat. And like, listen, I'm not a rodent guy by any means, but he like drop kicks, like punts this <laughs> poor rat out the hall. Like, I think it goes down the stairs and there's like an extended sh shot of it, like spinning and the centrifugal force of it spinning. The <laughs> poor rat is like smushed against the side of this hamster ball. It's, it's horrific. It's like a fucking Gravitron in there, bro. Why did you like this, Jonathan? I hated this. I hated Omri for doing this. <laughs> What's wrong with that you? That shit was funny, man. It's <laughs> a fucking rat, dude. Like, this, just to give maybe an explanation of, like, uh, from a newer perspective, Anchorman, when Jack Black gets the dog <laughs> off the bridge, like, it's just as funny, man. Just like that. Like, and just to see this little 10-year-old, like, rage quit these guys, you know, and just kick the rat down this fucking three stories was awesome. So, so here's the question in the movie. Is it played for yucks, or is it supposed to be, like, 
oh, the protagonist was under pressure, so he made a, a bad choice, because I was just, like, emotionally confused at what I was going, supposed, to be, supposed to be feeling at this moment. Oh, no, there's no emotional depth behind that. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's yucks all day, man. Because it wasn't filmed like it was funny. But that rat is dead. Yeah, it's dead for sure. That rat is dead for yes. sure. Like, there's it's no so way. It's so fucked up, though. Dude, <laughs> rat, rats live through fucking nuclear ho- uh, 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 explosions, Yeah, but man. not being like, punched across the floor, like brute blunt force trauma. Fucking 14 concussions. And you're talking about cockroaches, not rats. Dude, <laughs> rat, rats, rats and cockroaches will run this planet when it has been destroyed. They actually do run this planet right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's funny in a weird, sick way, but it's also, like, really fucked up that this kid would do that. Like, this kid needs, like, some serious punishment for, like, killing his brother's pet. Like, they should have kicked him down the stairs. <laughs> no, that, then I would have laughed. Fix your face, you little shit. <laughs> well, they haven't adopted the Jonathan method of parenting, really. Yeah, right? Hey, you want braces, kid? <laughs> Let's throw you down the stairs and see what happens. <laughs> what happened to you? I fell. <laughs> yeah, just like your mom. <laughs> oh my god. What a loving family. This is what Indian in the Cupboard brings out in that. <laughs> it is aggression, anger, <laughs> confusion. I knew this lineup of hosts would, it would be exactly this. Oh, I can't even breathe. I was so worried when I was going to do this because I was like, I've never seen this fucking movie. I was like, these guys are going to actually like this piece of shit. I'm like, this is going to be awkward. I'm like, thank God. Okay, I'm glad. <laughs> this movie doesn't have any fans. Come on. Well, from the box office, I was like, oh, shit. That's a terrible gross. <laughs> so, Ronnie, Omri tells his best friend Patrick his secret, doesn't he? Oh, fucking, okay. Omri was already a basic bitch, and now he's even worse. Because he and Patrick did a fucking volcano for the science project. Right. I'm like, how am I... How bare bones lazy can you get? And you did a yeah. you did a volcano project. You know who you are, and you don't deserve recognition. You and little and Lightfoot or whatever his name is can go hang out together on a cameo. But um, so he decides to tell his friend <laughs> that it was forgotten in the film, and then pops up because they need more conflict, I guess, in the film. And uh, the mom, um, I guess, he tells. What's the, I'm trying to remember the scene of how he tells him though. Is it like he get wants to give him a cowboy? Like he's been like overhearing stuff, because like the story matches up in the classroom, right? And so Patrick kind of gets a clue, and he's like, "I got you a cowboy." There you go. Okay, sorry. Now it's coming back to me. It's like trauma. Here we go. Okay, I'm going through therapy here. So um, little basic <laughs> bitch gets um, gets robbed. His mom takes him back home because he's so sad that his this bully took seventy five cents from him, and they go upstairs and. Um, Littlefoot's in danger, or he's afraid because the brothers came in and stole something. So then, uh, obviously, this random-ass kid's like, oh, look, action figures move like Toy Story. So he's excited, and then uh, he's and then he has to go back downstairs to talk to his dad. He tells Patrick, don't. Don't put anything in the cupboard, because this is really important to me. So his bitch-ass friend decides when um, Henri's gone to do it anyways, because the mom says, oh, you can't trust my kid. He's a little asshole. So he runs upstairs. And then obviously the kid, um, I guess the theme of the movie is don't tr- trust kids who are, don't look like you because that kid obviously <laughs> yeah, that's, decided yeah. to like uh, do that's this by hiding his back. And then now there's a, um, a Texan involved in this story because Texans and natives, you know, culturally, historically got along really well. No, no. Yes. No, it's not a game. 
Okay, in defense of Boone, I said he was my favorite like performance in the movie, Boone the Texan. The reason that I think that he's the best is because I'm not saying he's a great actor by any means, but at least he's like over the top, right? Like he's trying to inject some energy into the story and like he doesn't have a high batting average with his jokes, but there are a couple <laughs> like when he's his alcoholism jokes are always funny to me. Like, <laughs> those are good. He's got range, man. He's he like you said. He adds some like energy, adds some charisma to this because it's fucking like taking an ambient, man. It's so slow and sleepy. So he, I don't think it's a great. I don't think it's a great, you know, performance. But at least it's fun, right? At least it's kind of fun. No, I think he's all right. And you know, there's of course immediate conflict between Boohoo Boone and Little Bear. <laughs> you know, they have like little shootouts and stuff. A, a little moment that. I always liked was when little bear shoots an arrow at Boone, but he ducks behind a sneaker and it hits the bottom of the sneaker and makes it light up. Yep. He has his light up shoes. Mm-hmm. That's a nice little touch. It is. Mm-hmm. And you know, this movie, all it really has to offer are a couple like little cutesy things that you might appreciate for the most part. It's pretty bland, but Carnation. No more. I promise. No more. Oh, no. Another drop. He's mine. Guys, watch out, Patrick. Watch out. Get back. Get back. Come on. He, he shot me. He shot me. He shot me. Delirious. Hellfire and damnation. That's what it is. It's delirious. That cheap rotten head she dipped. William Howard, where are you, pot belly drunkard? Anthony Miles, come out, you son of a buck's horse's ass. I can't believe it. He really shot me. Darn. Can I just touch on one thing on the previous scene real quick? Boone shot the wrong Indian because <laughs> he shot Patrick in the face. <laughs> That's a walk off. I think he shot the right one. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Take it away, Lightfoot. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Lightfoot, and I am on Cameo. so anyways back to scene so patrick wants omri to bring the cowboy back to school to bring uh boone and uh and light lightfoot little little bear little bear (laughs) lightfoot keep changing it's more fun (laughs) right (laughs) and so he's he's got them stuck in this like fanny pack and they're walking so ridiculous. Now this is the part where as a parent I would have questioned like <laughs> why are these kids walking right. like they're sort of paraplegic status with with crutches or something, you know? Right. Like it was just it was super weird like why they were being overly careful. Um these so kids have, are very suspicious. Yeah, for sure. I, I I would have asked about it. And then Patrick being this little like instigator that he is he decides to break his bro code and is like (laughs) he wants to show the other kids that what he's really got like let me show you what's in my fanny pouch boys and then and then i think that's when when they're omri is about to catch him he's having a conversation with the teacher the teacher becomes concerned is like all right i need to know what's going on here and omri 
yells at the toys like, no, they're just plastic, plastic. <laughs> and they come out and they're holding figure like yes. they were plastic. I don't think we can resolve this right now. Well, I think we need to try. I can resolve it. Want to see how? No! I could do it. Do what? No, no, no. You... I could show. I could. Show what, Patrick? You can't. They're people. You can't use people. Patrick, show me what's in your pouch. They're just plastic toys. Plastic people. They're just completely plastic. Okay. Plastic. That's fine, Omri. Fine. Plastic. Fuck you, you little dipshit. Now, I think. This is one of the things that most people remember from this movie, actually, is plastic, plastic. Yeah. I don't know why. I think it's because we used to think it was funny. But what's funny about it? It's not. Maybe it's like that that whole suspense of, holy shit, they're about to get busted by the teacher, and oh. wow, oh man, that was a close one. You like know? the little bit of suspense you have in the movie is here, is as, what you mean? As a 10-year-old, like that's probably a pretty good amount of suspense right there. Like They knew they were in for some shit if they would have got busted. Yeah. But the, the scene itself is so fucking long, it goes back and forth, like mm-hmm. his face, his face, his face, back and forth. And when I was a teacher, I'd, I'd be like, call a principal, this kid's got a gun because they are not showing. Right. They're hiding something serious. <laughs> this kid's got a gun. Do, do you guys remember that scene in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou when Big Dan T takes the frog and chucks him <laughs> at the tree? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I would have done to <laughs> these fucking things if I would have pulled him out of this game. This kid's fatty fat. Big John, too cold. <laughs> Man, it ain't nothing but a horny toad. <laughs> That's Little Bear. <laughs> oh, fuck. For those that don't know, John Goodman picks up a frog with one hand, squeezes it until it pops, and then throws it against the tree. <laughs> And, and the other characters in the movie thought it was their friend that was turned into a toad. He yes. turned him into a horny toad. <laughs> oh, shit. The movie sounds like more fun than this. Corey, do you like the scene where Little Bear and Boone are in the knapsack talking to each other right before the plastic scene? No, it's incomplete. Mm-hmm. Like, they're in there and there's like a little bit of hostility in the air and... You know, they're still enemies from earlier. And then it cuts to Omri presenting a Play-Doh volcano. Then it cuts back to them. And Boone is crying and talking about the smallpox. And uh, I don't know, those two scenes of them are just disjointed. And then they start laughing over something on the intercom, something insignificant, like origami classes canceled. And they, they both laugh about that. It's just not, it doesn't connect right. Like, as a kid, I knew that they were, like, friends now. But... Uh, as an adult, I don't know why. Like they would even know what origami is. They start cracking up. It's just a funny sounding word, I guess. At least it looks cool. Like I, I'm with you. It doesn't help the story at all. But I, again, I like being seeing their perspective. Like that whole set or whatever, because that's actually it looks practical, right? With the the yellow walls or whatever yeah. they're leaning against. That looks great to me. Which again, I wish this yeah. was a totally different movie when I see something like that. 
That's a very good point. This is like a dumb gripe, but it kept bugging me. Is like, how come no one else can hear the toys? Because maybe they're muffled in the fanny pack. But like, I that was bugging me because then earlier in the movie, I thought they're gonna make this like a whole motif when like um, the dad's like fixing the house, like things are rumbling for uh, Big Bear Mountain. He's like kind of freaking out because things are like shaking. I thought, oh, that's cool. That's a cool thing to think about. Like, oh, if Omri would be really loud and him moving would kind of scare him, but they kind of forget about it. So like the whole sound and like perception of height and things was kind of forgotten. I was like, oh, never mind. This movie's lazy. Yeah, it's almost like there's a plant right there, Ronnie, of dread for Little Bear when he hears the booms. Mm -hmm. Like that's going to be something that, uh, we come back to in terms of like his perception of this world mm-hmm. and kind of how scary it is. But yeah, nothing happens with that. But what does happen is, and this is kind of late in the game, but they watch TV with Little Bear and with Boone. They're watching some MTV, I guess, some Motley Crue videos. As Such an inappropriate video. <laughs> They're watching Girls, 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 dude, at 10 years old, like, in the dark, in bed with each other. It's like, not real. Awkward. It's on TV. It's not real. I was going to say, no, the girls aren't real. I was like, oh, Patrick gets it. He knows what he's talking about. They're not real. Disgusting display. And they do this in front of you children? It's not real. Oh, it's real, all right, sir. It's real. Dude, I feel like Patrick is like that shitty little friend that's probably like sleeping on the floor, jerking it in his sleeping bag or something bad. Like Omri doesn't know what he's doing yet, you know? 30 minutes ago, you were you were chastising us for making those jokes. What? That kid's advanced, man. <laughs> no, this kid beats off. Just look at him. Oh, my God. You're pretty sick, Jonathan. I mean, Patrick is uh, he's a little shithead, you know? He really is. Like, early in the movie, he's, like, nice enough, I guess. But, like, when it comes to the toys, he's, like, a little shithead about it. And, like, uh, that kid didn't have like a him. dad growing up, for sure. <laughs> we don't see his dad, maybe. We don't um, see anything involving the parents. The parents are an afterthought. Yeah. So, uh, the kids decide to turn on some horrific Native American massacre movie, don't they, Jonathan? Yeah. Ugliest redskins ever walked the face here. And, and unfortunately, as soon as they do that, like you can see exactly where it's going at that point. Mm-hmm. You see Boone start watching it and getting all hyped up. Like, imagine if he at least even had a little bit of liquor. Dude, that guy would have been on full rampage, dude. It, it, it's just way too provoking for him. And then he just starts engine hunting. Yeah, he starts like, well, he starts like firing his gun, I guess. I think yeah. he does that yeah. In, yeah. in excitement. What did you think, Pappy? Change the fucking channel, you stupid fucking kid. Like, <laughs> how dumb can you be? They're on the elephant channel for less time than they're on the channel of their little friends' peoples being massacred. Like, mm-hmm. I like, where's the sensitivity to to their, his his newfound friend, you know, and and their culture? And I think this movie's trying to be progressive for its time, I guess, and like, you know, like. Maybe you know the cowboy and Indian trope. It's it's definitely looking at that in like a negative light, right? Like the slaughter of like native people in media probably wasn't great, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, 
I don't know. Like, why is that in this movie? It's not really connected to any other part of the movie. And fucking Lightfoot, little bear, brother bear, shoots him. You know what I mean? That's kind of... He, like, basically murders him. That's not forgivable within the context of the story. You know what I mean? Boone's a drunkard. He's got to do hick shit. Like, I I don't know. I didn't like that scene at all. It was frustrating. Little Bear gives Boone the Boromir treatment. <laughs> he gets him with an arrow right to the fucking heart. That's murder. What what the fuck? Like <laughs> That is that is murder right there. <laughs> in in all in all fairness, Boone shot first. Yep. Self-defense. He I think Boone was just like shooting in the air, like kind of like dancing around. Like I don't think he was shooting at Little Bear in that oh, moment. Okay, but still Little Bear I'm sure has some severe PTSD considering the fact that he just talked about having to fight for the English against the French. Like all of his people mm-hmm. were forced to do so. So he sees a white man with a gun. Like he's just going for it. I think it's really the kid's fault at the end of the day. Yeah. Absolutely. Change the fucking channel. Uh, the, the kid was the trigger for sure. It's even weirder because Boone says intentionally, Oh, those are Apaches. They're terrible. And he says, kill them, kill them, kill them. And I know, like, um, uh, Semi Bear is, like, he's from the Iroquois tribe. <laughs> so, like, maybe he's saying, oh, those are the bad natives, which is, like, I, I don't know history enough to, like, agree or disagree. But it's, like, it's like you're trying to have your cake and eat it, too. Like, oh, yeah. those are the bad ones. <laughs> those are the bone tomahawk Native Americans, yeah. Pappy. It's been a long time since I studied early American history, but I'm 99% sure that the natives who sided with the British also fucked over a lot of other natives. So it's not like he's, you know, if he's siding with the British, he's also killing native people as a part of that, right? Like the French were more alive. Killer be killed, man. Yeah, I guess, but Jesus, I don't know. Not a great position to be in. Yeah, well, historically, both, like, all different tribes would kind of pair up with different little colonists or British all the time. So, you know, American history is fun. <laughs> I wish, but I, w- I wish this was like tied into something bigger. You know what I mean? I wish this whole movie was about like respecting Native American people. But instead, we get like an Indian best friend, which I think is like some sort of like bad taste joke. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't get what this movie's trying to do at all. Yeah, I mean, this movie is not exactly like a smoke signals. Like th- <laughs> this is just a dumbass kids movie yeah. that was made because it was a very popular kids book and they had the technology to pull it off and uh they just kind of shattered out at us i think you know it's who uh made this movie this movie was made by paramount directed by frank oz and like the team yeah. that made et i think yeah, so like yeah. the writing team and the production team that made et were in this paramount's put out a lot of shit over the years though too i mean, I mean they all have, the, during to that be fair. Yeah. yeah but during that time in the 90s it was like anybody that could make a movie was doing it this, though, was my kind of movie when I was a kid in that it was a kid's movie, but it was live action because I was I was always more geared toward live action movies opposed sure. to animation. I still am. Absolutely. But this movie and movies like it were the ones for me, you know, movies like this or Jumanji, where it was a live action kids running into a kind of a wild scenario. But it wasn't really focused on, you know, your typical animated fantasy stories that you get in some of the Disney movies. Right. But anyway, Jonathan, there's a few things going on. Boohoo Boone has been shot through the heart. The key is missing, and the key is the magic, and there's a fucking rat on the loose. There's one other big 
point here, which was Omri also traded another toy at school for a wife and tries to give a wife to mm-hmm. little Dick. And <laughs> he says no. Yep. It's a woman. I mean, she's, is she a wife? She is to somebody. Maybe. And that's, what, and that's mean, why she's going to be forced into someone. The conversation happened. They where, never find out. Like, they just assume maybe she's married, maybe she's not. Yeah. I mean, it's weird that they they use the word wife, but it's a woman. <laughs> you know, like... But chances are she probably she probably is. I don't know. Maybe if we go back and look at the action figure, maybe she's holding a baby, man. You know? No, she's probably not a woman a babysitter. that already had a baby? Yeah, well, they put out. <laughs> Here you go. A wife and a baby. Just what you wanted, little dick. <laughs> Merry Christmas. He's got a family back, dude. Instant family. You know? Like, Omri was so thoughtful okay. on that one. That he gets shot down. <laughs> it's either an, like a, a native action figure or one of those forced into marriage Barbie dolls they <laughs> had back then. <laughs> so do we want to get into the scene about the rat yes. under the floorboards? Okay, so it's now nighttime and Omri finds out that his brother's rat has gotten out of the ball because it's probably destroyed after falling down three floors. And gets underneath the floorboards. So they left one of the floorboards up in order for the rat to get back out. And the key for the cupboard had fallen through a crack in one of the other floorboards. So this is a real rickety house, man. I mean, this house was a piece of shit. So Omri cannot get it out. And so Little Bear decides that he would venture underneath the floorboards with no flashlight, no lighting of any kind, not even a match, like nothing. Oh yeah, he could have held a match like a Dude, torch. Yeah, he could have done something, right? And just goes blindly into the dark, knowing that there's this rat in there that could just eat him up in, in one bite. It's a, For perspective, it's like the rat is like the size of a car for us, right? Like it would be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I really didn't feel like this was even a, a great scene to even have in the movie. Like, I, this, this whole key falling through the floor felt like it was just filler. Yeah, this is uh, the dramatic tension of this moment. But it's it's lost because, like Pappy said, it's not from Little Bear's perspective. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's from Omri's perspective. He's yeah. just looking at the floor. It's just Why? him looking at the floor. And we right. assume that Little Bear is underneath doing shit and it's scary for him but we don't know we don't see any of it had there been the perspective of little bear underneath the floor venturing through the dark pulling up some night vision goggles like something really cool (laughs) a rat kind of like runs by and like yeah quick glimpse kind of like uh, the end of uh, sounds of the lambs that'd be way more fun i mean you guys are just spot this is the problem with Indian in the cupboard in one, in one scene, right? This is the climax of the motherfucking movie. This is supposed to be the most exciting part of the movie, and we get ugly Amri just staring at the floor. That, that's, that's what's supposed to captivate children. It's just like, it's stupid. It's so bad. I'm angry. It's bad. It sucks. End the podcast there. It's bad. Uh, he does get the key, of course. The key is like uh, attached to Little Bear's like foot and I just feel like the weight distribution would not work in this should have easily dislocated his leg yeah <laughs> my thoughts exactly <laughs> uh, but they get the medic and they, they patch up Boone and the medic again is like my favorite character I just like his like 1920s like World War One like British dude you know he's kind of like 
he has like a nervous chuckle to him. And he, I don't know, he just plays the part really well, I think. Oh, it's you again. <sighs> I do pick my moments to fall asleep, I must say. Thundering great mini whining over red. Phew! Thought I was a goner. Perhaps I am a goner. Did, did I die? No, you're dreaming again. Oh, phew. Oh, there's, uh, there's two of you now, are there? Good show. Well, take me to him, the uh, elegant engine, is it? No, it's another. Yeah, I think that's probably the best mm-hmm. showcase of he's, acting in the movie. He's pretty good. And Steve Coogan, too. Steve Coogan's great. Who doesn't love Steve Coogan? That's his name? Oh, you guys don't know Steve Coogan? Oh, he's like a British actor. He was, um, shit, what movies is he in that you might know? Um, he did... Indian in the Cupboard? Yeah, one. Yeah, that's uh, the, <laughs> that was definitely in the top of his IMDb list. But yeah, he's a great like British comedian actor shit now i'm showing my ignorance but he's in tons of funny shit okay i see his imdb now he's in a bunch of like british comedy it looks like that i don't know about <laughs> yes uh, but um well then i'll move on then never mind <laughs> sucking to deaf ears <laughs> so uh, the plan is to send the toys back to where they came from it's like Omri has caused like enough chaos <laughs> in their lives and, uh, you know, frankly, it's dangerous, it's irresponsible, and they just need to go back home to where they came from. So, like, that's kind of, like, where this movie is pushing to end off, right, Pappy? Yeah, I guess. And there's one more ceremony that happens. Little Dick is eager to spend one more night with the young boy um, so he can perform a <laughs> ceremonial dance by the fire in the morning. You guys might disagree with me, but... There is one point where like Amri shuts his eyes, and then we go to the world where Little Dick like came from in the woods, and it's, I that moment does work for me honestly because it's, it's that change of perspective, you know what I mean? It, and now it's like you see the physicality. Like I know we don't like Gary Davis on this podcast, but he is like a big dude, you know what I mean? And like now, and like he's been a small guy this whole time, and and I wish there was some sort of like storyline of Amri looking for like a male role model or something right because that moment would have worked a lot better but I I don't know did you guys hate that moment as much as the rest of the movie I kind of liked it it's fine Pappy but the thing that catches my attention more than anything else is that right before that moment Amri is like looking at him and it's really pushing into Amri's face and he closes mm. his eyes but for a moment he looks like Clifford yeah He's he doing does Clifford <laughs> he look like a real human boy thing uh, this movie could have used some Charles Grodin. <laughs> Rest in peace. What did you think, Ronnie? Uh, um, so I like looked away for a second to be on my phone. I look up and I'm going to go, what the fuck happened? Because my wife was half watching it with me. And she goes, aren't you paying attention? I said, I looked away for a second. And then I know where we're in a forest. So I had to go back and I was like, oh, I get it. There's a, that moment where we're like... Omri's supposed to learn something from MC Lightbear, but like there's no like full themes being brought apart because it's like part of the themes are like he's becoming mm-hmm. a man, but that's kind of forgotten because like um, MC Lightbear is becoming a man too, right? He says he's he's in the forest by himself, learning what it is to be you know you know isolated, and also like oh he needs to learn to be responsible, which I think is kind of the theme. So it's it's fine. It's a nice little change of scenery, fucking finally. But then we finally figure out the actual theme of the movie, which is kidnapping is cool if you learn about the culture. So, (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, I think that's what they were trying to say all along, you know. But there's a there's a moment as well, like kind of like where they're saying goodbye and stuff. Jonathan, Little Bear says to Omri something like, "Are my people always going to be great?" What did you think of this moment? Um, I I think it was probably like one of the most honest parts of the movie, I guess. You know, uh, Coors Light Bear decides to ask <laughs> how, uh, uh, if it's always going to be good for his people. And, and Omri says just flat out, like, no, it's not. Um, I don't know. I think he beats around the bush a little bit. Great spirit. Yes, little bear. Tell me about the Onondaga guy. Are we always the great people? You are always the great people. But it's not always so good. Things change for us. They will. I, I think he doesn't want to write his story for him. You know what I mean? I, that's kind of what I got from How that. How do you tell someone that your people are going to be genocided? Like, yeah, know? dude, like you guys are fucked. I mean, what do you want him to say? <laughs> yeah. You know, watch out for the blankets. That's all he's got to say. Don't touch the blankets. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't know. He, he could have put him into like a mass paranoia and he goes back to his people or something. And now he gets burned know, at the gotta stake. We got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Right. And they're like, going oh, fuck. To Canada. They're like, oh, fuck you. And they burn him, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, like he could have ruined this guy's life. So I think he kind of played it and played it right. Yeah. I mean, he probably already did ruin his life to some degree. How oh, do you go sure. back after this? You know, after you've watched TV, after you've seen Motley Crue perform in a music video, like how do you go <laughs> back to your people and like talk about like, <laughs> have you ever heard the wolf cry? You know, whatever, whatever they talk yeah, about. Yeah. He's like, have you ever seen a Simpsons character up close? <laughs> I have seen the white God and he is ugly. Yeah. The earth grasper, the he earth is. grasper has grasped me in ways that I could never explain. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if he's just cast out as like the crazy one of his tribe, you know? Like, like this... would you even be able to talk about that if you went back? I, I'd have to like keep it to myself. I don't know. I'd probably tell like whatever my tribe equivalent of you is, you know? I'd be like, Jonathan, yeah. I've seen some <laughs> shit, man. Yeah. I, hence, I, I, that's why I think that this was a long peyote trip right. for, for uh, Little Bear. It's a better movie if it is, too. Yeah, it really is. And of course, it ends on all of our favorite thing that happens in the movie, an extreme close-up of Omri's face. We've talked about it a lot. This movie delivers it as one final blow. What a bizarre choice. Like what? Why? Like what? Are, what are we supposed to be feeling while we have to look at that? Disgust. Disgust. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Because like over like it's the it's the guy it's the little kid talking about JFK being assassinated. You know what I mean? Like that that is the sounds that we're hearing <laughs> while we're seeing this ugly kid's face. Like it's just it's so it. <laughs> It's perplexing. It's so strange. There were little kids in the White House. 
That's the only payoff that works for me is that kid sets up, he's going to talk about JFK, and then he mentions it at the end he dies. The only thing he doesn't mention the Marilyn Monroe thing, but I was like, ah, whatever. I wanted, the, I wanted that as well, but I'll take, the, I'll take the assassination. The movie's over. Do you guys have any final thoughts? <laughs> I have two. At the timestamp 104.44, you can see a poster in the school. That says drugs are bad, but beneath it, it's divided into two columns, and there's a bad column and a good column. <laughs> so I don't know if that's some kind of like joke or what, but there's like a list of things underneath each. Um, second thing, the only time that I actually sincerely laughed at the movie is I, I don't even know when they say this, but at some point, I don't even know what we're calling them anymore. Light beer, little dick, little foot, little bear <laughs> says. Uh, and he's trying his damnedest to be a good actor, but he goes, there is no God here. <laughs> it's just so fucking stupid. I this is like howled <laughs> laughing at the movie. Like, it's so terribly delivered. Now I know what you're talking about, little bear. God sure do play with men, all right. There is no God here. And the Oscar goes to... That's that's the last thing I had to say too. Was I was laughing uncontrollably. There is no God here. That's why I thought at the movie end, I'm like, fucking, why did I watch that's this? That's the message of this movie. There is no God in the little Indian in the cupboard. There is no God here in the cinema when you've seen the Indian in the cupboard. Anybody want to uh, poorly explain the movie plot? Why right, do you got a good one? Little boy locks up an Indian and murders another. <laughs> pretty good do you have any final thoughts any additional i don't want to think about this movie anymore okay that's it well we are gonna have to do ratings so on that topic jonathan on any rating scale you want what are you going to give the indian in the cupboard all right so I'm just going to be nice and simple and I'm going to vote for this movie in the form of Rick James by Dave Chappelle. Mm. I wish I had two more hands so I could give this movie four (laughs) thumbs down. Nice. So this movie gets four thumbs down. Okay. It fucking sucks, dude. It's an awful movie. I, 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 (laughs) it has nostalgic factors to it. I had such a hard time staying engaged. I watched it with my wife and the kids. They had a hard time watching this movie. Mm. <laughs> we just literally took this whole movie and ripped it to shit. Um, Even your kids? Oh, dude. My, I, they don't ever want to watch it again. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, this is why this movie's free on Hulu, you know? Like, uh, yeah, that, that's it, man. That's it. Beautiful. Ronnie, why don't you go take it next? Shit, what would I rate the Cleveland baseball team in the cupboard? Um, shoot, I guess I would do... <laughs> that is funny. Five, five, cu- five cultural appropriations out of ten? Hmm. I think uh, my wife and I laughed a lot and kind of kept saying, what and what? But I don't think that factor would really work for a lot of people. So I'm going to give it five out of ten. I guess if you think about it, it's a 90s movie and it's trying to say something... The problem is it says it's so tone-deafly and so boringly, so I wouldn't recommend anyone watch it. 
I give it 5 out of 10 because I laughed and I thought like, this is a, such a weird movie. Just, it's so weird that they made this, but I didn't know it was a popular kid's book. I don't know anything besides I owned it and I didn't think I watched it ever as a kid. Nice. Thank you. I'm going to go next. I'm going to give this movie 3 out of 10 wumpum. <laughs> this movie oh. is not really enjoyable to watch except for the parts when I get excited that I see toys that I like. And that probably doesn't work for everyone. I just happen to really like toys a lot. So this movie, it, it just basically doesn't deliver on anything outside of the um, slight amount of intrigue you get from the concept. And the concept, as we all know, a little Native American toy is brought to life and he's kind of like owned like a pet by a kid, right? So you get the, the typical stuff of like, fish out of water but it doesn't actually go anywhere like there's there's a point when it should pick up into a story and it doesn't and it's just them fucking dicking around the kid kills a man i mean the acting isn't good um the score is very 90s kids movie score it's okay but at times the score is trying to deliver like tension or excitement when there's virtually none on screen right so it was like a little bit Overly, it seems like they were trying to like kind of fix the movie with the score. Like, this should be an exciting thing, but it's not really. But we'll just kind of make it seem like it is from the music. Um, not, not a good movie. Frank Oz has done better work. Uh, so yeah, three out of ten, one pump for me. Pappy, you're up. Pappy, big dumb movie debate champion. I'm gonna give yeah. the Indian in the cupboard. Yeah, two out of five, jizz stained husks. <laughs> where husks husks where are the husks it's it's just like it's just pretty crazy because like the four of us have no you know formal hollywood training or movie making training or like story writing or you know screenplay writing experience but we all like found these huge problems in the story that just make it incredibly boring and Corey, I mean, you mentioned the concept, Corey. The, the problem is, is this comes out in 1995. Probably the best movie ever to do this concept, Toy Story, comes out one year later. And in terms no, the of... the same year. The same, okay, the same year. And in terms of, like, technology, if this, if this looks good for the time, then Toy Story looks like, you know, a fucking miracle for the time compared to it. <laughs> like, it's just, there's no value, really, for this movie. I could maybe see it entertaining, like little little babies like three or four years old maybe might be able to hold their attention but beyond that i just don't even know who this movie could possibly be for but if you could somehow rework the concept and it may not even be a kids movie anymore but basically tell a similar story but from the person who gets teleported's perspective like I don't know, A24 presents The Indian in the Cupboard. Like, that could be kind of fucking interesting. <laughs> Directed by Robert Eggers. Please, make this happen. And it's like, yeah, very hard to understand dialogue. He, ne he only speaks Iroquois in the film. It's like subtitles. Like, that could be cool. Let's do that. But for this 1995 and The Indian in the Cupboard, pass. Don't watch it. Worthless. <laughs> the A24 Indian in the Cupboard. Directed by Robert Eggers. Make it happen. Uh, it's even slower. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you guys very much. Ronnie, 
this is your first time on Big Dumb Movie, and we thank you for being a guest on this podcast. But you have a podcast of your own. Why don't you tell us about that and where people can find it? Once again, uh, thank you for having me on here. I don't deserve to be on here, but I appreciate the invites. I appreciate the support all you guys give us. Um, uh, myself and my um, part-time um, life yeah, well, platonic life partner, Shane, who he and I are having a fight right now. He's very mad I'm on this podcast, so fuck you, Shane. And um, uh, he and I talk about movies, but not really. We just kind of get drunk and talk about things around the movies and yell at each other and get into arguments. Our good friend Hobo Dan joins us a lot. And we say terrible things that we think are funny that most people don't think are funny. So check us out on Instagram, Twitter, email us at podcastwithpotential if you want to be part of our um uh, Woodboro Sheriff's Department with us and finally you can find us at podcast places thank you thank you and Pappy I mean I'm sure our listeners know and love spoilers already but maybe for anyone that's new why don't you tell us about the podcast that you run called Spoilers so there's a podcast Spoilers with an explanation point what I really want to plug though is the Patreon if, if you donate to our Patreon but you put in the messages this is for the Lightfoot cameo all of those funds will go directly for funding getting the lightfoot actor to say stupid shit i guarantee you that so spores with an explanation point look us up Corey's over there too um and also rate wasted potential big dumb movie and spoilers on spotify spotify just added uh podcast rating so i'm sure that helps in the algorithms and searches so go there and rate us all of us if you can if you enjoyed this at all please Awesome. And I want to thank you as well, Jonathan, for making the trip out here and for being on the podcast. Thank you all. You know, I've had a really good time with this lineup of people. I'm glad you all are here for this, even though the movie sucked. If you, the listeners, want to write in, you can email us at bigdumbmovie at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram, Big Dumb Movie Podcast. But the big ask I have for you is to leave us a written review and positive rating on Apple Podcasts. Do that if you enjoyed what you heard. Subscribe to us on YouTube, even if you don't listen to us there. Any final words, Jonathan? Hey, I got one more request for our um, international listeners. If they can uh, correspond with us, either email, YouTube comments, podcast comments, anywhere, give us some feedback on some movies that were very nostalgic for you guys in, in your part of the world. That would be super helpful for us. Very good point. Let's find out what people outside of the United States liked growing up or hated growing up. And let's do some of those. Yeah. I like taking listener requests. Hopefully we'll get to some of those soon as well. That's about it. Thank you all again. We love you. Good night.